Well, good morning, everybody. How we doing? You guys are taking a seat. That's awesome. I'm not going to have you get back up. Hey, it is good to be with you guys this morning. Welcome to OCC. For those of you here on uh, on campus, those of you joining us online, it is good to be with you guys. I hope you guys had a good Christmas with lots of good food and all that stuff. So um, I'm going to start with an honest moment today. Is that okay? Is it okay if I start with some honesty uh, this year has not been a joyful year for me, okay? Uh, so it, uh, it all started uh, personally being a rough year with losing my dad in February. And then we move into the start of this crazy pandemic, which kicked off who knows what was coming. So that led to lockdowns, to isolation, to not getting to see family or Anybody because of isolation to seeing friends lose jobs, having no sense of normal, constant changing of plans. Man, it's just been rough. From a pastor side of things, in 16 years of ministry, this by far has been the toughest one yet. There's not a class in college on how to minister during a pandemic and it's just been exhausting mentally, emotionally, and physically for our entire team here at OCC trying to pioneer and go through this uncharted territory. Now, I don't tell you guys that stuff. I don't share that to get a pity party. And I don't share that stuff to get sympathy or to passively ask for encouragement or anything like that. That's not the reason I share that. I share all of that because there is a choice to make that I constantly battle with. And it's a choice that you face as well. And this choice is a big one. It can have a huge impact. This choice has the potential for a lot of power and to change so many things in our lives from how we approach every day to how we interact with other people, how we lead ourselves and our families. But like many choices that can have that kind of power, it's usually a difficult one to make. So what are we talking about here? Well, we're talking about choosing joy, choosing joy. Now, if we really take the time to think about it, we can find joy in just about any situation, any time, anything going on. We can usually find something to be joyful about. Joy can be found in the simple things like maybe an encouraging word from another person. Joy can be found in the simple things like the first sip of a cup of coffee. Joy can be found in eating an entire package of Oreos in one go. I hear people do that, not me. I have self-control. Uh, uh, but man, even on the worst days, there is usually at least one small thing that we can find joy in and be joyful about. Joy is one of those things that never disappears. It is always there. It can always be found but sometimes we have to look a little harder for it or, or maybe shift our expectations for what can provide us joy. And even if and when we do find it, we still have to choose to be joyful. So the reason we're talking about joy uh, and choosing joy to close out our year is not some big hoorah speech to charge us up. It's not something we're talking about to influence our New Year's resolutions or any of that. We're talking about choosing joy because this year has shown me that a lot of people claiming to have a relationship with Jesus have become some of the most joyless 
people out there. And that 100% starts with me. And that is a tough spot to be in. Because when we look at scripture, man, God talks a lot about joy. Romans chapter 12, verse verse 12 says, rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. James chapter one, verse two, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Clap, clap. If you know, you know. Now we're talking about choosing joy because God talks about choosing joy. And the reason that this is important is because when we forget to find joy in our own lives, the world around us will slowly beat us into submission. Life happens, family happens, work issues, one thing or another happens that pulls us further and further away from a joyful attitude. Now, when I talk about joy and finding joy in our lives, I don't mean the temporary joy that we can find in earthly things. I'm talking about eternal joy, a joy that will not fade, it will not go away, a joy that only comes from the God that created you and loves you. And so if maybe this is the first time you're hearing this, I want to say that again. There is a God that created you, and there is a God that loves you, and he wants you to find joy in him. And when we find that joy, and we are intentional about keeping it in our lives, that's when things can change. Over the last several weeks, we've been talking about finding peace through our relationship with Jesus. And the peace that Jesus offers, it it is there, but we have to accept it and we have to allow it to work in our lives. And just like with the pathway of peace, most of the responsibility of finding joy in Jesus falls on us because being joyful is a choice. See, the reason it's so often uh, tough for us to choose joy is because of something that I like to call joy stealers. And you know what I'm talking about. Joy stealers are those things that no matter how good life is going, these things happen and immediately we are in a worse mood than we were before. So joy stealers are those things that life can be good, we can be having a great day and then this thing happens and immediately we are mad. So to give you an idea of some joy stealers in my life, some of these things that can bum me out or tick me off real quick, okay? Maybe you'll track with me a little bit. So here's some of my joy stealers. Rude people, social media, traffic, Social media, politics, no, conspiracy theories spread on social media. I'm sure that some of you are tracking with me here. And just to go a little bit further, I asked our staff and our leadership, our elders here at OCC, what are some of your joy stealers? Check out some of the answers that we got, okay? So when you hear some of these, if you're tracking with one of them, you just give me a good "Mm mm-hmm, okay? And if you're with us online, I want you to type "Mm mm-hmm in the chat, and we're gonna look at this. So here's some of the joy stealers of our leadership here at OCC. Finding weeds in the yard. Toxic people. Mm, Dropping your toast, butter side down. Happens every time. Schedule changes. Scam phone calls. NTI schooling, computer not working fast enough, delayed shipping. 
Have you guys thought of one of your joy stealers yet? Have you thought of something? Go ahead and tell somebody around you one of your joy stealers. If you're with us online, type your joy stealer in the chat. Man, there are so many things that we let steal our joy. And most of it, we have no control over. I can't control the traffic unless I stop in the middle of the road. I can't control what other people do. I can't make other people nicer. I can't make my package get here quicker. I can't make other people stop talking or stop sharing posts or I can't get rid of politics, but I can choose how I react and I can choose what I let let take up space in my heart and my mind. See, our world has a lot of things that can bring joy and double the things that can steal it. The thing that stinks about this is it's not always easy for us to always choose to be joyful. But then again, a lot of the things that God desires for us to do are challenging. And he desires that we choose joy that is founded in who he is, in what he has done, and what he is doing There's two things that that we can choose to find joy in. We can choose to find joy in earthly things. We can choose to find joy in godly things. And the thing about finding joy in earthly things is that it's temporary. It doesn't last forever. And we know this. The gift that we so badly wanted for Christmas brings us joy for a little while, but then it starts to wear off a little bit. The joy that we have from the promotion that we have worked so hard for and have wanted for so long starts to fade away once the reality of the new responsibilities set in and there seems to be more and more showing up. Even the joy and excitement of a new relationship starts to slump once the newness wears off. And those are all good things. Gifts and promotions and relationships and new opportunities and adventures are all good things that we should find joy in. But it shouldn't be the only thing we find joy in because that joy doesn't last forever. Not like the joy that we can find in Jesus. So what's that mean? What's it look like choosing to be joyful because of Jesus? Well, the first thing it means, it means choosing joy means we focus on God first and in all things, okay? 1 Thessalonians chapter five says, rejoice always, Pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. A lot of the things that create problems in our lives come from the fact that we don't have our hearts focused on the right things. We aren't focused in the right places. We try to be the problem solvers. We try to be the providers. We try to be the center of attention when in reality it should be God in every one of those places. Choosing joy should start with placing God at the center of everything and in all we do, focusing on who he is. And when we focus on God first and in all things, we'll find it easier to choose joy. The second thing, Choosing joy means choosing Jesus even in tough situations. This is a hard one. It's in difficult situations, in hard conversations, in undesirable circumstances. We make the choice to remember that Jesus is always greater than whatever we're facing. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says, And we know 
that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Now, we need to have a little side note here. Here's what this does not mean. Okay, you ready for this? Okay, here we go. This does not mean that if we love God, we'll get all the outcomes that we want or everything will go according to how we planned for it. That's not what that means. It means that whatever we do, whatever we hope for that lines up with God's will will happen. And so in those tough moments, choosing Jesus and trusting in him will bring about the opportunity to find and choose joy. And the last thing about choosing joy, choosing joy means that we believe God is always there and always at work. Romans chapter eight, verse 31, if God is for us, who can be against us? God is always with us. God is always for us. And God is always working in our lives. And we see this all throughout the Bible. It's not just in Romans 8. It's in Joshua chapter 1, Isaiah chapter 41. It's in Deuteronomy 31. It's in Zephaniah 3. It's in Matthew 28 to go on and on and on. It's all through scripture that God is with us. God is for us. God is working in us. But a lot of the time, we think God isn't paying attention or we think God isn't moving or doing anything simply because it's not obvious to us what he's up to. So here's some more truth for us that that may be hard to hear. Um, God doesn't have to tell you what he's doing. Okay, I'll, I'll say that again. God doesn't have to tell you what he's doing and I don't like that. I don't like not knowing what's going on. You can ask my wife, I don't like surprises. I need to know the details. I don't like not knowing what's happening. I need to know the plan. I don't like waiting. I am not a patient person. I don't pray for patience because God gives me opportunities to practice it and I don't want to do that. But in all the moments where God has been at work in the waiting, Every time, what he comes up with and what he does is so much better than anything that I've come up with because my ways don't work. Choosing joy means focusing on God first and in all things. It means choosing Jesus even in the hard and tough situations. And it means believing God is always there and at work. Choosing to find joy in Every day in all situations isn't always easy, but it is always rewarding. When we choose to let joy be a part of our lives, it helps stressful situations be a little bit easier. Choosing joy helps us keep our anger in check a little bit more and maybe even helps us be a little more positive. And the more we choose joy, the better chance we have of choosing joy becoming a habit. Do you know the research tells us that to form a good habit, it takes an average of 66 days while bad habits or habits that can become bad can start forming in as little as two experiences. Good habits take an average of 66 days to form, bad habits an average of two experiences for that to start. We've all got habits. A habit is a regular tendency or Let's go back one. 
We got it, we got it. A habit is a regular tendency or an action that we do, especially something we do that is hard to change or hard for us to give up. We've all got habits. We all have these things. You might call it your routine. You might call it your process. Some might call it a quirk, but we all have habits from how you brush your teeth to your morning routine to the first thing you do when you get home after work or school. Habits are a part of everyone's daily life. And usually habits are things that we don't even think about because it's just the normal. We do them without noticing we're doing them because it's just what we've always done or how we've always done things. And it's not until someone calls it out that we notice that some of our habits are weird. And so uh, uh, you don't have to admit to these, but I'm betting that I can call out a couple of your habits that when you hear it, you think, oh yeah, that is weird. Blowing your nose and looking in the tissue. You do it. Looking at your Q-tip after you clean your ear, biting your nails, smelling books. Anybody? I'll admit to that one. I smell books. That's super weird. We do a lot of weird things, blocking the shower drain so you create a little puddle just so you can then watch it go down. Like, we are weird people. We have lots of habits that we don't even think about, but we do them, and it's kind of weird or gross or bad. But there are lots of habits that can actually be helpful or useful. One of those is daydreaming. Daydreaming can actually be a good thing as long as the daydreaming has some sense of reality to it. So daydreaming about fighting off ninjas on the back of a dinosaur, not super helpful, but hey, there's a couple days left in 2020 and who knows what's gonna happen, whatever. But daydreaming about what your dream job might be or a goal that you want to accomplish can absolutely be a good thing. Another habit that can be good or useful is talking to yourself. That one might seem weird, but it can actually be a very good problem-solving tool. Then another habit that can be useful is complaining. Now, before you start going, yep, got that one down, or hey, at least my wife does. No, no, don't do that, no. Complaining can be useful. It can be a good habit if you're complaining about the right stuff. If you're complaining about something that you don't like or something that you would like to see done differently, complaining can be good when it challenges you to actually do something about it. Complaining on social media because that's how you rally the troops and create an echo chamber and not doing anything besides that, that's not helpful. But no matter what the habit is, good or bad, they all start the same way. By us making a choice to do something or not do something, exercising, smoking, video games, reading your Bible, every habit starts with us making a choice. And what makes one action turn into a habit is when you choose to do that same thing again and again and again until we're suddenly doing it without thinking about it and noticing that we're actually doing it. And it actually becomes weird when we forget to do that. And it feels like something's off when we forget to do this thing that's become a habit. And choosing joy is no different. See, joy is one of those things that our world's familiar with. It's not just a Jesus thing. Joy is something that is universal. It's out there everywhere. And we really see this idea of joy show up around Christmas time. Coca-Cola, Amazon, Walmart, lots of other companies focus their ads on bringing joy to the people around you or spreading joy through your words and actions. 
But after the holidays are over, advertising goes back to the normal thing. And we kind of do the same thing, don't we? The holiday season gets here and we start singing songs about joy or we start watching joyful movies and maybe we are even starting to be a little nicer to people or a little more generous. But as soon as Christmas is over, we're back to the normal routine, back to the normal habits. But what if this time we did things differently? What if this time we chose to find joy so much that it actually became a habit for us? What if instead of going back to the normal day-to-day way of doing things, we chose to keep the joy going? Now, we could spend all day talking about the benefits of choosing joy and how joy could change our lives if we chose to be more joyful. We can talk about the effect that more joy could have on our jobs or our homes or our friends and families or our schools and communities. But you know this saying, talk is what? Cheap. Change happens when words are put into action. The more we choose to find joy, the more it will become something that we just do. The more we choose to find joy, the more it will start to change our hearts and spill out to the people around us. The more we choose to find joy, the more it will push us to be about the things of God. The more we choose to find joy, the easier we'll find it to help everyone find and follow Jesus. Think about it. If you met a Christian who never shows joy, complains about everything and not in a good way, always looks to the negative instead of the positive, would you follow that person? Would you go to that person to try and find help on how to find joy and peace and kindness in the God they claim to have a relationship with? Church, we have to choose joy if we want a shot at winning this world for Jesus. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. We have to set our hearts on God. We have to be about the things of God. You know what it's like in our world today. You know the struggles. You know the realities of living life today. You know that choosing joy is not the typical approach that most people take to living life, especially since choosing joy is a habit that takes time and we just don't have the patience for that. See, in our world today of one-click shopping and text-to-order and click lists, we don't have to be patient anymore, in theory. We don't have to work on waiting. We don't have to be patient for things to happen. And because of how used we are to this world of instant gratification, patience is disappearing. It is getting less and less to find patience in our lives. When something takes too much time, we get mad, we get frustrated, we get angry. That's why forming good habits is getting harder and harder because forming good habits takes time and we think we don't have it. When we struggle trying to form a good habit, we get frustrated at the first mistake, we give up on the second one. But some things take time and the habit of choosing joy takes time. 
So think back over your life. Think about your life experiences. Think about the seasons you've gone through. We've all gone through times where life and our circumstances has led us to be more focused on the positives. And we've all had those seasons where we have been more focused on the negatives. So when you think about all this stuff and you look back over it, which one did you like more? Which one felt like life was going better when you were more positive focused or more negative? Which one do you feel was better for you and the people around you? Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22 says, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. And choosing joy is never, I will say that again, never going to be an easy habit to form. Finding joy in Jesus isn't gonna be easy in every situation. There's still gonna be times when we don't know why things happen the way that they do. There's still gonna be times where we don't know what is going on or what is going to happen next. We're still gonna have times where we feel like God's not listening to us. We're still gonna have times where we just want to be hacked off at the world. We're gonna have times where we wonder why do bad things still happen? But that's when we need to remember that God is still God. We won't always understand the how or the why of God, but that is okay. Because if we could understand everything about who God is and why he does what he does, then he wouldn't be God. Man, if nothing else, 2020 has doubled down on the fact that we never know what's gonna happen next and that there are a lot of things that we don't, can't, and shouldn't have control over. It happens every year, but I feel like this year there's been a lot more of that I can't wait for this year to be over kind of talk. Now, since we started with an honest moment, an honest conversation, uh, I wanna end with that too. Saying I can't wait for this year to be over or I can't wait till next year is stupid. It makes me mad. Can I, I, I don't know if I can say stupid. I said it though, so... Now, this makes me mad because it's putting our hope in a calendar event. It gives us this false idea that something magical is gonna happen just because the number changes from 2020 to 2021. And I know a lot of people will say, dude, it's just a saying, chill out. But people say it because they want it to be true. There's no promise that next year is gonna be better. COVID's not going to magically disappear just because the calendar changes. I mean, lots of people were saying, oh, I bet COVID goes away after the election. The election didn't even go away after the election. <laughs> Jobs won't magically return. The economy won't instantly get better. Family dynamics won't instantly change. And you're probably thinking, this is great, Corey. Good news. Keep it all coming. You're doing awesome. Well, there is good news. His name is Jesus. There is good news, and his name is Jesus. And just like we talked about the last two weeks with finding peace, Jesus has done everything needed to provide us with joy. The rest is up to you and me. Our hearts and minds have to be where the change starts. Being joyful is a choice, and it's a choice that can change everything. And so I wanna invite you guys to be a part of the challenge that I'm giving to myself. And I'm telling you this so that if you see me not doing this, you can go, hey, you said you were doing this. Just do it nicely because again, I told you 
not a lot of patience. And so don't be the person that makes me practice patience, okay? So here's the challenge I'm giving myself. I would love to invite you to be a part of this too. Choose joy and choose it often. Choose joy and choose it often because I promise you that when we set our hearts on choosing joy and on choosing Jesus, things will get better. Not because our problems will disappear or we'll make more money or we won't face any trials. Things will get better because God is still God and he has shown up every day in history and I'm betting he's gonna show up again tomorrow. Setting our hearts on God And choosing joy means we choose to trust in his promises. Just to give you an idea of what that includes, he promises never to leave us or abandon us. He promises to be with us in the good and the bad, to walk beside us every step of the way to give us what we need when we need it. And he promises to grow us closer to him the more we choose him. So next year can be better but not because the calendar changed or because a politician is or isn't in office or any other reason. No, next year can be better when we choose to set our hearts on God and choose joy. Now you guys pray with me. God, we thank you for being a God that puts up with us. God, I thank you for being a God that, uh, and you know I'm not patient. You know that I struggle to choose joy you still love me. God, thank you for being a God that loves us no matter what is going on in our lives, no matter how we are acting or how we are uh, treating our relationship with you. God, you don't change. You are always there. You are always loving. And God, thank you for that. Thank you for being God. In those moments where we struggle to set our hearts on what you want, in those moments where we choose to do the things that we feel is right and not consult you on that, in the moments where we go after earthly joy instead of godly joy, I pray that you would correct us. Selfishly, I pray that you would correct us gently. But God, more than that, I pray that you do what you need to do to get our hearts and our minds focused on you. God, whatever's gone on this year, whatever's in store the year ahead, God, you're in control of all of it. So my prayer is that we focus on the things that we can control. And what we can control is how we choose to look at life, how we choose to react and respond to the things that happen. And so God, my prayer is that we would choose joy more than resentment, more than bitterness, more than anger, more than denial, more than sadness, depression, any of that. God, help us to choose joy in the good times, in the bad times, in the hard moments, in the moments where things feel okay. God, reassure us that you are always there. You are always in control. You are always by our side. God, help us to trust in the promise that you gave us through James. It says, when we draw near to you, you draw near to us. God, I pray that this next year is better, but not because of anything we do. I pray that this next year is better because of how you show up in our world. God, I pray that you work through us, that through our choosing joy, we will be more about helping everyone find and follow Jesus and we will be people who draw others to us so that we can point them to you. God, thank you for being a God that is always paying attention. And God, while we are in moments of waiting, in moments of not knowing, 
Help us to see how you are still at work. Once again, God, thank you for loving us. We love you, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen.